Welcome to Engineering Experience, where engineering thought leaders share insight on how to deliver results, manage outsourcing, find the right engineering partners, maximize experience, generate engineering documents, and come out with smarter and improved products through innovation and invention. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engineering Experience, a podcast from Paragon Innovations. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Now, on this episode, we are joined by Chris Debrecht. He's the owner and COO of Tempo Financial Solutions. And I'm excited to welcome Chris to the show because he brings a different perspective. We haven't talked to someone in the financial and banking sector yet here on the podcast. And so I think this is going to be a really great conversation here uh, on this episode. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Tyler, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And as always, I'm joined by Mike Wilkinson, the founder and CEO of Paragon Innovations. Mike, good to talk to you today. Good to talk to you both today. Well, this is an exciting episode, so let's dive right on in. Chris, kick us off by telling us a little bit about Tempo Financial Solutions and what it is that you do there. Sure, sure. Tempo Financial Solutions has been around for just over 40 years now. Uh, We're a family-owned business, and actually the daughter of the founder is still a partner and owner and our CFO. And uh, we're also carving out the next generation as uh, we've hired her, her daughter and son to also work here. So definitely a, fa- a family dynamic. Um, primarily, the business has always been focused on money handling. Uh, primarily, the founder started and kicked off the business from his kitchen by setting stamp machines throughout the Tulsa area. And then just over time, realizing the tools he needed, coin counters and sorters, were also needed by his fellow uh, partners and other people. So he opened up the business and started selling small coin counters. We migrated into car wash and laundromat and video arcades to, to help their industry. And from there, we've migrated today to the newer technologies, uh, electronic commerce, recycler cash machines for banks and financial credit unions. And uh, we're, we act as a consultant role for most of our customers today, just helping them get what they need to help them work better. So Chris, when did you first meet Mike and begin working with Paragon? Tell us maybe that, uh, that origin story of how you guys came to know each other. Oh gosh. And Mike, <laughs> forgive me, I couldn't remember the original date here, but right after I started my first company, Mike was looking for a video game. And at that time, that's what I was doing. I was servicing, selling video games. So, and, and Mike, you'll have to tell me the name of it again, but you said Stargate. it was a Stargate. Yeah. So helped him find a Stargate for his home, and uh, that's where we first started. And it was kind of through a mutual acquaintance. Um, I had also worked with a mutual friend of ours, Mike Willie, uh, at a previous job, and that's kind of got what the connection. And, of course, Mike Willie works with, with Mike today at Paragon. Mike, what do you remember about that? Oh, it was great. Well, I, And I still have that uh, Stargate video game here at the house. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was just a cool interaction. And then, um, uh, we did a little, a little bit of wiring, uh, for, for chassis. I think. Or no, you helped, you helped us to do the oh, wiring for right. chassis. That's what, right. You that's that. right. We did that yeah. one chassis prototype. I remember. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been draw, a while. Dressed everything. <laughs> you dressed all the cables up really well. And, and then, then we kind of did do anything for a while. Yeah. We didn't really get reacquainted until... About a year ago, I went to one of the local trade shows and met um, one of the manufacturers we're using. 
looking for just some guidance and some engineering experience, and he recommended me back to Paragon, which was like, oh, why didn't I think about that? <laughs> so here we are. Uh, cross our paths have crossed again, and uh, I think it's been a great relationship. Yeah, I think so too. It's been fun. So, Mike, how does Tempo Financial Solutions maybe differ from some of your some of the other people that you work with? Or it, at the heart of it, is it is it still all the same? Is it still all innovations and trying you know new things and and figuring out new puzzles and solving new problems? Uh, is Tempo similar to other people that you work with, or are, are there differences there? Well, a little bit of both. Um, so the um, the differences um, we'll start with that is. Uh, Chris understands electronics, understands software, understands all these things that we're doing. So when we have a conversation, it's um, it's a pure conversation um, with that, where some of our customers are not technical. And so there's um, work explaining back and forth and translating. Um, and then we're, uh, that, that's the, the kind of differences. The things that are alike is, you know, um, it's just having a great relationship with the customer. We love having customers that, uh, we can we can talk to you and work through uh, design and the design issues, work through them, and have a kind of a positive relationship. And so then that's the kind of customers that we like. And Chris definitely fits that mold. Yeah, and Mike, you made it easy too, as far as you know when we first came to you with the concept and the and the idea. Um, you've you've got some other products that are similar to what we were doing. We just put it in a different package, so that was nice to see. A lot of video stuff. So, and, and I guess that's, the, you know, we've had a lot of variety in 30 years of products. And so when someone comes to us, there's, there's often a similarity. You know, we've done that wireless technology before, or we've done video or something. And so it's, um, it, it's uh, not a from scratch kind of thing. So, Chris, one of the things I wanted to get into was how, over the last year, you've seen the industries that you work in change and evolve due to COVID-19. What sorts of things have you seen, and how has that maybe caused you to either rethink what you're doing or, or continue to innovate and, and to work with people like Mike to uh, to look forward? Sure, sure. Well, this, obviously, this year has been a, an eye-opener for pretty much everybody in the way they handle and do business. What we've seen in the financial industry um, primarily is the the older customers that have been around for a while, had their accounts with the different banks and credit unions for the longest times, really have not been early adapters or even adapted of any type of technology where they're, they're not using their mobile phones or their mobile devices or their computers to do any online banking. And their experience has always been to just stop by the branch, visit with a teller and get whatever services they needed to get done. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, when COVID hit and everything shut down, that really put them into a, a, a hard spot because they weren't able to do their basic the banking or cashing checks or whatever they needed to have done. So we've seen that, that market hit probably the hardest, and they've kind of done one of two things. They've either adapted to the technology so they can at least get their basic businesses, uh, need, their needs done and met, or they've decided to go through the long drive-through lines and wait for a teller to help them that way. Um, what we've seen on that side of it is we've always tried to focus on the efficiencies of how people do their work, especially with the, the financial side, I meaning either transactions or money handling. So what we we expect to see this, uh, as a change going forward with banks and probably other companies as well is they're probably going to adapt a smaller footprint 
is they've realized today they don't need the big bank or the big branch, and they probably don't need 200 tellers. As they've seen through COVID, if they've survived, that they've been able to do it with a lot less, a lot more efficiently. That's been our business model for a long while is let's have them use what they have as far as technology or get them that technology so they can work better and faster. Now, in no means do we want them to eliminate their full-time employees. You know, that's that affects all of us. So most of the products that we have created and introduced for the financial industry has really just helped them reallocate these people so that they are now a face-to-face type salesperson or offering better products and uh, eliminating some of the, the overhead that way. Uh, but we by no means want them to eliminate their employees. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point, you know. And one of the things that I think has been a uh, a pretty consistent theme during this time has been that most people would say that these were trends that were already beginning and maybe already kind of uh, moving forward before COVID. But now that coronavirus has come around, it seems that these trends have been accelerated. Has that proven to be the case for you in the financial sector as well? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I think in in a way this has been a blessing for some of the financial institutions because they've really not known of a way to to get their older or not even older, but some of the people that are just not tech savvy to adapt to the technologies they're offering to make their lives easier so they don't have to keep going by a branch. So this in, in a way has forced that. The, they've got no other option today other than either adapting to the technology or waiting in long lines or making appointments, which I don't think people will continue to do that for long. It's it's just uh, it's not convenient. So uh, now that we've kind of uh, talked a little bit about the current state uh, of banking in the in the financial industry, what are you working on together, and how are you hoping that it continues to evolve and innovate in that world of banking? Well, Mike, I'll jump in first if you want. But what sure. we're we're hoping to to get Mike's team involved with is. We see a lot of manufacturers out there make some really great hardware. And in most cases, the smaller of the financial institutions or the smaller of the retail companies that don't have big resources to go out and buy the software to really utilize that, that's where we step in. So I still see with the current products available today as the product that Mike just helped us with, we're going to enhance a lot of the hardware that we see different manufacturers offering so that the smaller player can get involved. They can still utilize the same technologies. And we say play as the big boys do, where the big box banks that have all the resources behind them are offering these services. We see the smaller banks and smaller retail establishments being able to do the same. Uh, In a lot of cases, it's just adding uh, a new feature that really was needed and wanted, but the manufacturer for some reason just didn't decide to, to incorporate that. And that's a lot of what we do today. We've done that in the past with, uh, for example, we've had a self-service coin counters, which probably you're familiar with in the grocery stores today. Sure. When those were first introduced into the industry, um, they weren't a very smart machine. They just basically counted your coin and gave you a receipt, and then you waited in line and talked to a teller, and they did a deposit. Well, about 15 years ago, we saw a company that had some really great hardware but just didn't close the gap on filling that basically technology need to interface it directly to the bank's systems. So you can walk up to the machine, swipe a card, introduce yourself, decide which account you wanted to make your deposit, and walk away. 
So it was it's an efficiency standard that we've tried to set and go forward with where we'll take the technology we see as really smart and just try to make it better. And I see Mike and his team doing that with us as far as we don't really have any engineers here at Tempo. We see some concepts and we see some ideas. And I think with Mike's team, that'll help fill the gap as, as far as really making those those new products and, and pieces work. So, Mike, what was the process like working with with Chris and the team at Tempo, and and how did you find you know working together and, and solving these uh, these problems and, and creating new things with them? Well, I mean, it was great. It still is, and um, it, it's one like I said before, where you know um, Chris understands electronics and software and understands the, the, what he's trying to accomplish, and so it was very easy to for him to communicate to our engineers what he wanted to get done with this uh, particular uh, application was video related and uh, our engineers were able to work with him on um, back and forth on how to go best about making the solution that he wants to, wanted to do and, and, and done. And then now we're moving into production of that. And uh, it was just a seamless interaction between his team and ours, which is great for everybody. Absolutely. So now looking ahead, and, and Chris, we talked a little bit about this, just given the trends that we're seeing with COVID-19, but what does the future hold and how does the work of people like Mike and the team at Paragon help move us closer maybe to those goals and, and some of the things that you want to see happen in the future becoming a reality? I think a lot of it is just we're seeing a, a phase where self-service is obviously coming back into the realm, even for, for complicated banking type transactions. As you're probably familiar with what the, the newer products out there we call ITMs, which are the intelligent ATMs. You drive up to them, you basically tell, uh, we call it a teller in a box, but there's a teller somewhere sitting in a chair in another room or another building or state that's helping you with the transaction. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that technology is, is available today, but just getting it intuitive or making it comfortable for people to use uh, it still has, there's a great demand for that. So I, I see us uh, probably doing the same thing as we're going to look and see what manufacturers, at least the ones we deal with today, what they're offering and, and hope to close that gap a little bit where the industry seems to be focusing on less and less interaction with people, which I think is unfortunate, but I think that's going to be around for a while. So how do you make these machines user-friendly? And how do you make it user-friendly for all age groups, not just the kids in school, but also the grandparents and everybody else that have to use these? And there's a huge gap between those two audiences. So I think that's most of it in, in the challenge we're going to see going into the future is how do you make a piece of equipment or an apparatus or a software really interactive and maybe intuitive enough to work with the user so that uh, anybody can use it, it gives everybody satisfaction, and they actually get you know the task at hand completed uh, quickly. That's a really good point because it does feel like um, with innovation moving as quickly as it has in recent years, that that generational divide might be more broad than it's been in the past, where you have uh, teenagers these days who have never known life without the latest iPhone up to older generations who might not be as comfortable interacting with the same kind of technology, right? And so that sure. certainly seems like it would be um, be a challenge just given how fast innovation has moved and uh, and and how how to best 
let's say, interact with those different generations. Yeah. Yeah. We're, and we're hoping that technology is going to fill that gap to the point where we see technology today where if we see a customer taking too long to make a selection on a screen. So obviously there's a, a set of screens that are offered that it it notifies, uh, you know, a warm body there that, hey, this this user may be having some difficulties. Why don't you go over and interact with them? So we see that today. Mm-hmm. Um I, I suspect that we'll get to the next point where the technology itself will have to interact, you know, not just flashing a do you need more time sign, but maybe making suggestions or some type of learning that is built in where it can interact with that customer as unique as they may be and uh, help them get the task completed. Do you see with with the um, the popularity of different video chat type functions like we even taught my grandmother-in-law how to how to facetime so we could still see and talk to her um throughout the pandemic do you see maybe more video conferencing type options as a way to keep person-to-person interactions even if they're not in person in the future still utilizing modern technology i think so i mean we've seen some of the newer itms um that's again where it's the drive-up atm where you push a button and you're actually looking at a a, a person somewhere that can help you walk you through your your process. Um, for whatever reason, uh, at least at my bank, that didn't stick. And I don't know if it was COVID related or cost related or a combination of both. But I thought it was a great idea because I could run up to the ATM 24 hours a day and speak to a person somewhere, either you know California or Florida or on one of the coasts, that would help me get done what I needed to get done. Excellent. Mike, any final thoughts? Uh, anything else that you want to say about the partnership between Paragon Innovations and Tempo Financial Solutions um, and uh, the work that you're doing with Chris? Well, I think it's been great. I'm looking forward to doing more and more projects with uh, Chris and Tempo, um, especially around the banking industry. And in fact, you know, the product that we just helped with is uh, at the bank that I bank at. So i uh, looking forward to seeing it in the bank shortly. There we go, coming soon, and uh, and you guys will always have video games in common, and so uh, so it's good to know. It's, <laughs> well, it's, we're both Aggies, we're both Aggies, and we're both Aggies as well, exactly. Well, hey, we have exactly. a we have a trio of Aggies on the podcast, which means uh, <laughs> oh, nice. This podcast will will certainly be a success. Um, there's no other way around it. So, Chris DeBrecht, owner and COO of Tempo Financial Solutions, thank you so much for joining us here on Engineering Experience and uh, and chatting with us a little bit more about what's going on in your industry and uh, and how Paragon has come alongside. And, uh, and work to find innovative solutions. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Engineering Experience, a podcast from Paragon Innovations. Of course, we have plenty of episodes of the podcast. So if you've missed any, make sure to go back and check out those previous episodes. You can find all of them on Apple and Spotify. And you can also subscribe while you're there to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And of course, we'll be back soon with new episodes of the podcast. But until then, for Mike Wilkinson, founder and CEO of Paragon Innovations, I'm Tyler Kern, your host. We'll talk again soon.